this episode of Fauda, we spoke to Lea Jalud, a survivor of the Beirut port explosion. Lea recounted her experience on August 4, from blacking out to being escorted by a stranger to the hospital. She described the aftermath of what happened to her and how she's mentally dealing with the trauma. I woke up and it was all like glass shattered around the reception with lots of like blood. He's like, what do you mean insurance? What's going on? And he was screaming, like, Leah, where are you? Which hospital are you going to? Yeah, the sights were very hard to see and the, even the, the sounds rather than the sights. No one had to lose uh, their children. No one had to lose their parents. No one had to like wait for people coming out of coma. I just kind of wanted to go over August 4, the day of August 4 with you. And uh, would you mind telling me where were you early in the morning before the explosion happened? (laughs) Early in the morning, I had my shift at uh, my first day at work. Uh, It was from 7.30 to 1. I finished my shift and then I went back home. So then I get a text from my uh, boss. He tells me a no. Sorry. He tells me to come back and uh, take the shift because the other person went on an accident. I was like, yeah, for sure. Don't worry about it. Like, I'll come. I'll cover the shift. So I went. It was from 5.30 till 8.30, my shift. That was the second one. The second shift. That was the second shift. The second shift, yeah. And the place you were working at, uh, what was the location? Ashrafiyya. Ashrafiyya. It was, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a gym, resto gym, or... No, it was like, it's a studio. Okay, a very simple studio. And it has like a little uh, coffee, uh, like... Receptionist area for coffee and stuff like that. Yeah, no, like an outside, like a garden where they go sit and have their coffee. So, uh, basically... It was a regular day. I was training, and the customers were coming in. I was just getting to know who they are. And uh, it happened at, like, 6.07. The explosion, yeah. The explosion. I didn't hear that there's going to... Like, some people say that they heard two. But I didn't hear that part because we're underground. So all I just heard is... uh, a metal go down, which I thought was completely normal because there's a CrossFit class. So with all the people like running around, I was like, fine, I'll stay seated. But I wasn't able to like think about and know, wow, this is going to be a bomb. Because who's going to think this yeah, way in the middle no of the thought. day? Yeah, it's Especially like a day which seemed super normal at the time. Super normal yeah. day. Uh, so then all of a sudden, the, uh, the voice, the voice was very, very loud. Like, I think the, like, the ears, khalas. The like sound I couldn't was, hear yeah, anything. yeah, the sound yeah. of the explosion was huge. It was scary, to be honest. I think me from the voice is when I flew around, like, when I went to the other side. And when the bomb happened, uh, there was a glass door in front of me. I'm very close to the glass. That's a problem mm-hmm. with the reception. You, you, were working, you were working at, like, the bar area, I guess. The bar area. The bar area. And so you have the bar area, and then facing the bar area, you have the glass door. Exactly. Yeah. The entrance to, to come in. It's very the close. Yeah. Like, yeah. you enter, and you, yeah. okay. and you see the reception. You see, okay. There I am. So uh, when uh, the bomb happened, it came 
uh, the glass came shooting at me. All right. So the glass broke. Came, came forward. Yeah. yeah. Came, came forward. Came, came to your direction. But uh, no, in very strong uh, yeah. Yeah. motion. A lot of Huge force. Power. A lot of force. A lot of force. Yeah. Yes. Um, so when it happened, and then the aluminum went over me yeah. because I was sitting. So that's why I'm very fortunate to have been sitting because uh, uh, I recently went there to uh, talk to to my boss. Was about it your work first time? Everything. Yes, it was my first day, and uh, he told me that if you were standing, the aluminum would have went like directly to your head. Yes, the so aluminum, the as in the one that's kind of on the entrance, the frame, the like frame, the frame of the the frame of the door, of it's which very is strong. heavy. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I consider myself to be one of the luckiest. And uh, obviously, I, it blacked out. Everything blacked out on that moment. Um, all I can actually remember from the incident is me flying over and then خلص, I, I fell down. So then they picked me up from the uh, reception. And um, I recently j- just got a detail that I didn't remember. It's so random. Apparently, when I was walking to, where, to outside, when they were t- letting me out, I was barefoot. I didn't know that like my slippers went out. They had to search for them all over the, the place. Uh, I woke up and it was all like glass shattered around the reception with lots of like blood. And when I went out, I was in shock. Everyone around me was panicking and screaming. Like, what happened? No. Where was this? Was this like by accident? Mm. Or what was this? What bomb? was it like? What is it? A explosion? Everybody is it a hurricane? Is it uh, you know? Nobody Everybody knew what it was. No everyone one, no one knew at the start, man. Yeah. No one everyone knew what it was. Everyone had their own theory, I think, yeah. of, of what it was. And each person thought it was like right next. To, I thought it was planted right next to me, and it was strong. So um, then uh, they had to like we had to figure out a way to go to the hospital with all this, uh, and everyone went down from the building because my. The studio is located in like a dormitory. Yeah, you said it was underground as well. Yeah, it's yeah. a ground floor and then you have the dorms yeah. up. So they all went out panicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And uh, there's another thing that uh, we were very fortunate from is that there was a cycling class that's going to happen at like literally in 10 minutes. So like 16 people were going to go in and then all the guys, like if in 10 minutes they were in, everyone would have been like gone. So that's why I always say like, we're very fortunate to have gone through this in so many ways. Fortunate and unfortunate. Unfortunate due to the trauma, yeah. but fortunate that we're alive and we're okay and everything is fine. Yeah, D- definitely, like you said, I think it's um, unfortunate because no country or any people on earth deserve what happened to us. Especially and, and Lebanon and what's, going, what's been happening with Lebanon over the past year in, in particular. In that sense, we're hard. very yeah. unfortunate. But fortunate, I know what you mean in the sense that you had a, lo- a series of lucky chances that helped you kind of survive this, this impact. The, the crazy thing about that, sorry to interrupt you, man, the crazy thing about that is I've heard so many stories so far about this lucky thing. And oh, five minutes before or five minutes later, I could have been in this place or I was standing over here or my dad was next to the glass and I'm just seeing all these things. And that, 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 that was what like really made me a bit, not grateful, but kind of freaked me out because it could have been so, like so many different events could have happened if just little details would have been changed. You never yeah. know on another yeah. day, but, but not to think about that because that would just drive us crazy. So, so when you say people were taking you and helping you, what is people working in the gym or just civilians or strangers? No, or the uh, clients actually that were coming the to clients, do a class. Okay. Uh, 
um, they they started helping you inside, like from the when like they picked me from the uh, floor. Yeah, from the ground floor. From, from the ground yeah. floor, and then they took me outside to like sit, and I was very tired because the blood was yeah. going down. And then all of a sudden, I see a car like, "Yella, please, uh, sorry, please come with us." Like. We want to take you to the hospital. You, she was crying. It like was a random car. Like no, no, she was with us in oh the okay, gym. Yeah. Right. So I was like, uh, no. All I was thinking about like, was about my insurance because I didn't have cash on me at the moment. I was like, how are they going to stitch me up if I don't have cash with me? This is how I think all the time now. That's crazy. Because, yeah, I was like, don't have the insurance card. What's going to cover it? And no cash, Akid, they're not going to stitch me. But... Uh, so I called my father and I was like, hi, dad, I'm OK. Nothing's wrong. I just need the insurance card. So can you please come to the hospital? Give me my insurance card just so I can make sure I want to get stitched because like I'm ex- like my face was like ripped apart. Literally. How was his reaction when you told him that? He didn't take it easy. <laughs> I thought it was going to take it. He's like, what? What? And the line was like, yeah, uh, cutting a lot. He's like, what do you mean insurance? What's going on? And he was screaming. Like, Leah, where are you? Which hospital are you going to? And I didn't even know which hospital. I asked the people next to me, like, which hospital are we going to? She's like, we're going to where to visit. But it actually took us a lot of time to arrive because there's a lot of traffic. So then this stranger saw me in the car. Like, he was walking. And then I was, like, getting too dizzy. Because you were losing a lot of blood, yeah. Exactly. And I was getting tired, Tony. And then in this phase, like... An hour or an hour and a half passed so I can arrive to the hospital because there was a lot of uh, traffic jam. So he picked me off the car and then we ran. Like I actually, actually forgot where we ran. But I remember running towards his car where it was parked so that we can find another shortcut. And then he was like, we can't continue to the car anymore. We need need to run more. We need to run to uh, to the stairs. Yet I didn't call his name. I wanted to thank him because he helped me a lot. If it weren't for him, I don't know what I would have done, to be honest. So then he, uh, I wasn't seeing anything. So he had to lead the way for me. We had to go upstairs. And it was very chaotic. Like, I can't remember most of what happened. But all I remember is that he was contacting my parents to make sure I arrived. They arrived. And it actually took them another hour and a half. And he waited for me all this time. And usually... When people help, I always like ask what's their name and thank you. But I think from me going through this, I didn't. So just too stressful, too much shit that was going on. So it's like totally fine, I guess. Exactly. That you but uh, I would like to thank him because in the situation, like I don't think you're going to want any. You're going to think about your family. So the fact that he helped me, a stranger, and waited until my parents came and contacted them was very, very helpful. Like as a Lebanese citizen, he didn't have to because... He has his family, he has his, his friends, own priorities, yeah. But helping a stranger was really nice. Like, he got me like a chair so I can sit. And because inside the uh, emergency room, it was very hectic and chaotic. Um, people were like um, suffering from the explosion because they were very close. And um, children, mothers, uh, legs amputated. Uh, just horrific CPRs. sights everywhere yeah the sights were very hard to see and the even the the sounds rather than the sights of the suffering and then other people were just panicking more and more 
So it was very like hard to see even harder than the fact that I'm injured. It's harder to see others like this because it's not, it's not acceptable to see something like this. It's not normal. It's not normal in any way. It's, it's, it's unnatural. It's a nightmare. Literally like imagine your worst nightmare inflicted on you and that's it. Like you're living the nightmare. Literally, like I felt like I was in a nightmare rather than like this just happened to me. I'm shocked. Like, how did this happen? And obviously, like um, while I was everyone was crying and panicking or whatever, I took it differently. I was more in shock. Like I could I didn't say a word and I just wanted to get through the day. I wanted to finish. I, I It was just exhausting and traumatizing and. But I'm very fortunate again, but it was hard seeing others like this, like everyone screaming, you don't like. And the um, the injuries you sustained when you were in the hospital, was it mainly facial injuries? Like I know there was um, glass and a few other things. It oh. was mainly facial and eye injuries. Eye, okay. Um, basically, we were sitting on like a, how can I explain? Like, you know, these seats, yeah, they come yeah, 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 yeah. Me and the other injured people, like a nurse literally came and she got her staple. They like stapled us behind each other, like so we can. So you didn't even go to like to a room by yourself. It was just in the yes, in the common room, in the common room of the hospital. And the nurse was coming and like t- basically taking care of every single. There patient. was so much capacity. Yeah. I don't think they could take people to yeah. rooms. No, no, th- there's no way they couldn't take even even the one who were in like CPR. It was on the ground where we were sitting yeah. in mm. front of each other. Like we saw everything, and this is when my parents arrived. They actually didn't know me. They passed. First, my dad They didn't comes. recognize you. They didn't recognize me. They looked at me and then they la- like they passed. And I was like, dad, and knew like, <laughs> it's me, it's me. Over and here. And then, yeah, it's over here. And then my mom again passed through me. And she was like, oh, no, she was telling me the next day. And oh, no, I, when I passed by, I didn't know. I saw this girl like haram. Her face was full of blood. And I just passed oh. by her looking for you. I was like, yeah, like she didn't know me at all. How was the reaction when they first saw you? My sister cried a lot. Um, my father was like, no, oh my God, he was so shocked. I, usually my father is like very calm and he's from this type of person. But like at the time, no, he panicked a lot. And then I was just trying to tell them, guys, don't worry. It's worse than it looks. Like it's, 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 it's not as bad as it looks. It's not as bad as it looks. I'm yeah. fine. But see, it was painful. But I didn't want to like uh, tell them that. It was actually so painful that um, like... In the fall, it was so hard that halas, you're, you're numbing from when, the pain. When you, you can't feel. That's when you fell down. This is when I fell down and I got up. Like, halas, the pain was so hard that you can't, like, I can't feel my face anymore. And, like, it was mainly, like, the hard part was losing a lot of blood because, like, uh, I got dizzy too quickly. Yeah. So they wanted to put me muscle and, like, weight uh, for, like, getting stitched. But then this uh, doctor came. She she's an eye doctor. She was checking on the p- because down in the emergency, it's mainly like other cases. So she came down. She wanted to save the people that who had like eye problems. So she had to check everyone. She was like, "You come with me," because she saw like oh, she was an eye doctor. There's a hole. Huh? She was an eye doctor. She's right? an eye doctor. Yeah. yeah. So she saw like there's a hole in my eye, and like in my forehead, she can deal with it. It's fine. But it was already stapled, Yani. So she took me up. I was more like a clinic rather than the emergency. This was what I was fortunate by. Um, 
very thankful for my eye doctor because they took a lot of care of me. They came to check me in. So here the glass went in and it scratched my eye. Uh, there was glass shattered inside. So he told me, he saw me, he was like, you need surgery and I have to put your name with the people who need them by tonight, like at like 1 a.m. or something like this. We had to wait. But then I was like, no, is there any other way out? Like, because I don't want to do surgery. Yeah. Like, removing the eye and it's just like, it's no, no, no. That just, the thought of that is just... It's a, it's a scary feeling, yeah, yeah, it's a scary feeling, of course. And especially going through what you want to go through. You don't want to go through a surgery like you're... On top of all the injuries. And, yeah. You're already tired. So then he was like, no, for now you need surgery. And then I went outside. And then he was very consistent in checking with me. So he's actually, he told me, like, the thing is, you have a scratch in next to your cornea, but I'm going to put an antibiotic literally every five minutes, and we're going to keep on checking, and I'll check you in two days. Yeah. Maybe it can um, heal itself. Yeah. So he had to give me, like, an eye patch, like a glass thing, so that I wouldn't touch my eye. So then the do doctors prepped for the uh, stitching. I had to wait, actually, because there was getting uh, another person getting uh, stitched before me. So then for the stitching... I went in and uh, I actually was stitched for five hours and there were three different doctors. So uh, so the whole stitching process took five hours, like from when they started stitching you up until like the final stitch? Yeah, but no, yeah. then I had to, like, they checked my hand. I was like, let me get my hand done for mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Like Your hand was... Um, my hand was all like bleeding. I didn't know what was wrong with it. Also had glass in it? Or yes. Okay. It was all shattered with but glass. But at the time, you just thought the main injury was your face. Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't think it, it's your hand. Yeah. And then I was so exhausted. I was like, fine, guys, we can... We could stitch my hand tomorrow. I just want to go. I want to smoke a oh. cigarette. <laughs> I want to go home. Wanna I want to rest. I want to sleep. Because it was ex I was already awake from 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. Like, that's 24 hours of not sleeping. It was and already before, like before your second shift, that wasn't supposed to happen. You were, I remember you said like, you wanted to take a nap. I was going to take a nap. Yeah. I was like, wearing my PG. Like, finally, I'm going to nap. Like, and then, I, I, I wore my clothes and went to my shift. But... Um, so then when I finished the uh, Haida, the Sti eye, sorry. Uh, the stitching. The, the stitching, the eye, yeah. yes. Uh, they had to take me down from my hands. That took another like four hours. So all in all, we finished at like seven in the 7.30 in the morning. So let, let, me, let me just go over the process. So the bomb happens at like six or seven. Yes. By the time you get to the hospital and they actually start working on you, that's like two hours after the bomb. No, way, later, more. I think. way more. Way so more. From the, from the moment they came and they started, like the first time they came and started stitching you, that no, was no, no. how long did you have to wait? Wow, I had to wait a lot. I actually like arrived at, um, the the incident happened at 6.07. Mm -hmm. I arrived to the hospital all the way to like 8. Yeah. Took a lot of time so for two me hours to just to, and that's you, you're already injured and two hours you're going through that pain. Exactly, yeah, and then the I waited another like hour and a half for to my parents to arrive parents. for the parents yeah so now we're now we're three hours and a half into so the bomb happened three hours and a half still you're going through that pain you have the glass in your in your face on your hand it was complete chaos that's why complete yeah. chaos like i was just like oh, no it's okay like this day is gonna be over yeah but like for now this is a nightmare like i just want to pass through this day if you don't mind me asking how did you power through that like that time interval between when the bomb happened up until from the time interval from when the bomb happened up until you got the first doctor to come and check you how were you 
like str- how, how how did you find inner strength how were you able to cope with all that pain and that exhaustion what was driving you forward i guess to make to make it to like survive that's mm. what i was thinking about like because when the bomb happened i thought like halas like i'm not alive yeah. like that's the fact that i made it out i was like fine this is exhausting and it's by the end of the day it's going to finish and you're going to be fine so this is how i fought through the hope How many stitches did you get on your face? Should have been like 80 because I have inner stitches and then I have the outer stitches. Damn. So, yeah, it was it took actually five hours for only this area because it's from inside to outside. Yeah, so the so your eye your eye area, your two eyes. My eye area. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this area here. Yeah, the cheek like close to the right. I don't know what you call this. That is called the cheek, yes. Cheek? <laughs> And here Should we also go over the face? <laughs> the cheek. The cheek. That nose, that ears. That's the amazing thing about you, though. Like, you're talking about this and you're, like, persevering and you have a smile on your face and you're kind of brave enough to even relive the memory with us, yeah. which, is, which is amazing. Talk about it. Because I think people do kind of need to hear more about what... Because, you know, people are starting to forget slightly, which is crazy to think. But so I think... That's why stories like yours are so important. And what's, I don't want to say amazing, what's crazy about the story is that, as we know, the economic situation is awful here. Where yes. We're going through, I mean, probably the worst economic year we've had in ever, maybe. And like you were saying, you were working a part-time job. You were even lucky to even find a part-time yes. job because now people are not finding jobs. Exactly, and at all. when you look at it, that's it's t- it's both government inflicted like the fact that you were looking for a part-time job is because of what they've done to this economy and then the explosion yeah. and i just wanted to see because we're all very angry now i wanted to see from your side like do you have extra anger towards the government more than than we do um i'm in right now like i'm angry at them because of the uh, irresponsibility towards the ammonium nitrate like we didn't have to go through such a thing no one had to go through such a thing no one had to lose uh, their children no one had to lose their parents no one had to like wait for people coming out of comas you didn't have to spend the whole night in the in the hospital for instance just because you had to fill in for one of your co-workers who couldn't make it to work exactly But, like, I don't blame it on that. I actually blame it on the fact that in New Hinni, they were careless to actually take care of the situation since it was since 2014, 13. Uh, they've, known, they've known about it for a long it's time, b- basically. It's been at the port for, like, six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah, and and the fact that they're, like, neglecting all this. People had told them. And not even helping afterwards. Yeah. I mean, the, like you said, the people that were helping you were people on the street, the people that cleaned up the mess. Exactly. And it's people, Lebanese society, not... Government. Even now, even now, I remember you telling us off camera, because you infl- you got a major injury to your hand, to your left hand, yeah, and you need to do surgery on it, and even now they're still creating a lot of headaches for you and your family yes. when it comes to covering the costs for the insurance, surgery and yeah. the insurance, and I just find that so ridiculous because this wasn't an injury where you were silly. This was an injury that was caused to you by their neglecting exactly. negligence, and uh, it's like weird. Don't find weird that. You still can't even confirm to get like a surgery on your left hand. And it's even a very simple surgery. Yeah. It shouldn't take this much. Uh, yeah. But uh, what, yes, I am very pissed at the government because I as a person before 
they uh, stole and did what they did. Uh, we were living normally as if nothing happened. And then it's the situ- like the bad, hard situations dropped on us mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And it was very like economically, we're all doing bad. Like on top of that, we had to go through the blast. On top of that, you have Corona. Yeah. There's nothing positive going on. Yeah. Like I want someone to name me one positive thing right now. It's very hot today. If they weren't for Corona, we could go to the beach. Okay. Yeah. But there's Corona. So, so let's we imagine can't. ourselves at the beach. That's, yes. that's the positive I think <laughs> that we can get from today. You could, you could, you could still imagine. Let's put, let's Look, let's 2020 has been bad in general, but for Lebanese people, it's like the worst. another yeah. thing. We're alhamdulillah, right? <laughs> it, it's reached a point. That's it's reached a point where I don't think like although I'm grateful for what I have, but it's reached a point where every single day I wake up and I'm like, like be grateful that you're just in good health, that you're still alive, that you're still in one piece. Gonna, the, gonna, the bar is so low. The bar is so low now. So the bar low. is th- did I wake up the next day? Great. Yeah. That's that's it's been a good day. I survived. I'm alive. Yeah. But I think it's the only thing that can keep any of us through it is, is I know it's gonna sound cheesy, but positivity and. Even someone like you who literally, you know, felt the force of the explosion and you're, you still remain positive, you still remain in good spirits. Uh, you, you, I remember you told us off camera, you don't check social media a lot, which is yeah. something you're avoiding. Because yeah. it's sad, like seeing the, um, the cases that are going on and like it's hard to see in this case, like why are people going through such a thing? Like... Of course, we're going to say, like, alhamdulillah, we made it. And all of this was come in. Like, you need something to look forward to. Yeah. For me before, like, I didn't want to leave Lebanon. I was like, no, I want to stay with my family. Like, try to find something nice here. Now, they're forcing you after out. the blast, they're forcing you out. I'll do anything to get out. You and your family will go. Like, I honestly, yeah. like, anything. Because enough is enough. Like, I can't take it anymore in here. Like, it's... Yeah. Mentally, I don't think any of us can take it anymore. Yeah. The, the country is mourning yeah. mentally. So the only thing that's keeping me in good spirits is I do think that there's change coming. I hope so. Uh, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of the Lebanese people. Like what the Lebanese people did for each other was, I don't know if it would be replicated in another country. It's, we always yeah. talk about how Lebanese society, we, we, the reason why the country is still functioning is because of the close-knit bond between Lebanese society. But what I saw after the bomb, and I saw Lebanese society in general, people helping one another, people providing... A b- great example was through your story. When the bomb happened, there was this random guy who you had no contact with. Who you, up until now, you still don't know his name. He could have easily he could have easily been... Just walked away. Just walked yeah. away. He, he didn't just take you to the hospital. He, he looked, you after for, you. looked after you, waited for your family to come, was in constant contact and communication with your family. And I feel that's the only thing that gives me a lot of hope about still for this country. About our people here, like yeah. we're all in one hand together. Yeah, yeah. Literally, but like it's sad that, for example, uh, no, the people going through coma and waiting for the, f- uh, they're not, yani, they don't have to go through such a thing just because of recklessness. One hundred percent. And corruption. It doesn't 100%. even have to happen. Like, I don't know what. To, I have no words anymore. I have no words for what's going there on. There are no words. There, there are, are no, no words. words. For what happened. No. I think we're all too tired to even speak anymore. Like it's just, uh, we're so angry and we're so sad and upset that it's just, you know what I mean. Since uh, since the bomb happened and since you were released from the hospital up until now, 
how's everything been with you like mentally with your family and everything have you felt as if it's really affected you negatively or have you been you know trying to stay as positive as possible i remember you mentioned a bit outside that you were trying as Ryan said you went away from social media yes uh, i'm trying to stay as positive as i can but like sometimes i'm stressed sometimes i have a little bit of uh, anxiety which is um totally normal very yeah. bound to happen yeah. But uh, I, I, I try to uh, stay positive about it. Sometimes, for example, like um, we uh, try to talk about different things and like, no, we shouldn't because like we shouldn't forget what happened. But at the same time, like I'm trying not to get myself mentally exhausted by thinking mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And I keep on, the only thing that keeps me like happy and like, thankful towards this is that like i'm talking to everyone right here today because like i didn't expect it because i felt like through when when the bomb happened i felt like my face got detached from my body this is how like strong it was like i thought i'm not gonna see anyone again but the fact i'm here today with my family it it keeps me going forward and i hope a million times that something like this will never happen again but I don't know what to say. I can't, I can't be sure. Like, I'm always thinking, is it safe? Where am I going? Like, all of a sudden, uh, there are people in the streets and the, um, the political, like... Political parties. Parties. Uh, yeah. parties are... You don't know now when to go out. You don't know if you're safe. Like, it's sad that we actually have to think 10 times before Stepping we go out. Exactly. Or, like... Even I, I, I don't know if you guys saw this like random note what happened in Khaldi last week. Just a bunch of people started shooting at each other. It was, it was fucking over it some was stupid tribal like shit. By the way, the kid Haram that passed yeah, away that passed was my away. sister's student in school. Like she told me he's such a calm person, and he's so like he didn't even have anything to do with the. Yeah. He like was it's just at the wrong place at the wrong time. That's that's what happens. Like mm-hmm. you said exactly. Usually the people that are passing away. Are, are casualties, people who have nothing to do with it, who get caught in the cross lines, mm. just like the 200 plus people yeah, had nothing to mm. do with it. You know what I mean? Because if it's two political parties fighting against each other with guns and they go to an isolated territory, let them kill each other. Good. But don't get the random innocent people highway. involved. <laughs> he was only 16 years highway. old. Like, you literally, like, fine, maybe he was there at the wrong time, but like, a life of a 16 year old just went like For this nothing. within a split mm. second. Like for what? Uh, yeah. For somebody for went somebody went and posted a flag of something on the streets and then they go they start shooting yeah. each other and then they kill this innocent kid. Like uh, he had nothing to do with it. You know like it's sad that you have to now think, let's say you have your siblings, you have your parents. For me, like when it comes to my parents, now I'm calling them every two minutes because I'm worried. Yeah. Like when it happened, my father lives in not the Khalda area but Aramun. Yeah. Like I had to call him every two minutes just to make sure he was safe, although like Khaldi and Aramun are not that close, but, but I was afraid that the problem would escalate or he upwards. Might been, he might have been in the car driving somewhere and passing by Khaldi as well. So. Yes, like I hate the fact that I have I'm stressed and I have to call someone every five minutes to make sure that they're okay. Like, do we need to live like this? Like No. 
Right? No, we don't. No. But yeah, we, but we, but, we're, no. but we are living. Like we this. would always say, and I, I'm not saying this anymore. How bad can it get? And before the bomb, you say, please, 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 please stop saying it. Please stop saying it. Can yeah. get worse than that. You, you let's not know. say this phrase you anymore. Know. Please, you never know. Before the bomb happened, I'd be like, "There's nothing. Like this is the worst." And then this is what I said. Yes. So for now, I'm like, let's just live life day by day. I think stop saying that. No one should say that ever anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, because every like every time we say it more bad happens so let's just avoid that but, but I like think literally sorry, yeah. on that day i thought like the bomb day i thought now they're gonna have a heart and they're gonna work on it like i thought so they don't know the word we went through. they don't know what the word heart they, yeah. they to them it's not in their dictionary and they don't know what that is. what is a heart no <laughs> but they know money that's what that word they like a lot but uh, anyway not not to even talk about them but because yeah. I, they don't even deserve they don't deserve anymore. words to even come out to them but no. I think what's important is that we we move on from the bomb, but we never forget because what happened is, and I try to stress this to all my international friends listening, it's not normal. It's not another day in Lebanon. It's not another day in the Middle East. It's fucking 10% the size of Hiroshima. That's not normal in any country. So please, for anyone listening, don't think that that's normal. Uh, number two, I think we need to progress. This needs to be the catalyst for change because... If we don't do anything and we sit down and no one does anything, if what's next? Are they, is the country going to be blown up, up? If we don't wake up, if this doesn't serve as a wake-up call, as we've then said so many will, times, then nothing, then nothing is going to change. And that's like, why I think stories like yours are so important because, A, you've been brave enough to come on and talk about it openly and, and you know have a smile on your face and, and be brave. And B, to show people that you know what happened is insane and we still need to always keep it in our heads and always keep it in our minds and use it as a tool to change this fucking stupid system. So... But it's sad that you actually, like, here, it's more of a... Like, it's not a democracy for you to change whatever... Although they say it is, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> although they say yeah. it is. It's actually not. Yeah. Like, there's nothing... It's a, it's a dictatorship. This is the only country yeah. where you could have and it's a lot the government... Of this is the only country you could have the government resign and still, you know, nothing is going to change because they're the same people that are going to... Yeah, or now power. they're saying, for example, now the uh, government is exactly what you said. But they're, they're going to pick what they want yeah. so then they can control we it. Should, we should just be smart about it. We should be patient, smart, but as Ryan said, not forget about it, but don't focus focus on how we can improve this country through what happened. Look at the negligence that was caused and let us learn from those mistakes in order to move forward and become more closer as a society and as a country. The people should like lead everything. And your story will 100%. To those that still are doubting the effects of this, I think your story will be a good wake-up call for some people. And for those that, are, that know what happened, this just justifies the incompetence by these people. And as Ryan said, that was very brave for you to come, sit down, share your experiences yeah, like with thank, us. Thank you, thank for, you so for much. agreeing and, and yeah. sharing. And, and I think me. we need more people to come out and, and share their stories because it's, it's impactful. And yeah. hopefully it will be the catalyst for change. I hope Lebanon gets better because it is we all such do. a we all beautiful do. country. Anshad. We all do. Like they say, a no, it's actually one of the best countries. That we need to work on it, like all of us together as Lebanese people, just like how we all helped each other that day. Mm-hmm. We need to be on one hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Anrami, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm a Sabal. Thank you. Also, we'd love your feedback, so please DM us on Instagram at Fauda2020.